0: Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm so excited that you are joining me for an interview with my new friend, Ryan Naylor. And Ryan is the founder and CEO of Viva HR, which is changing how employers hire by building their employment brand through culture marketing. Ryan has been an entrepreneur for 10 plus years and has experienced the pain of hiring and firing the wrong people. Through those lessons learned, he discovered the power of building business on core values, clear focus, and most importantly, great company culture, which is something we talk a lot about here on the Talent Development Hot Seat. And I'm excited to have him on. Ryan, welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, great to have you on. I, you know, I was looking at uh, your company and the things that you've been doing, and the press that's been out there, and I know you've been doing some really cool things. And you know, there are a lot of people out there working with companies on things like recruiting and talent acquisition and helping them recruit really great people. Uh, but you have really changed the game here by focusing so much on company culture and how the companies market themselves and their people through what you define as culture marketing. So can you tell me more about you know, what that is and how that came about? Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of a
1: backstory. It's really fascinating. So about seven years ago, Just as kind of a side project, me and my development team in my my company decided to build a little job board. Specifically, I'm based out of Phoenix, and the unemployment rate was double digits in Phoenix. We wanted to help out, so we built a little simple job board for those who didn't want to scour the Craigslist of jobs, but they also wanted some professional opportunities here in Arizona. And that grew significantly. And over the next five years, it actually, we were able to track back over 100,000 placements just in Arizona alone through our software. Wow. And So to celebrate that major milestone, 100,000 hires, 100,000 families impacted, we said, let's really dive in deeply and see if we can pull out some nuggets out of it. So we were looking first at the job seekers, trying to identify which jobs they were applying to. And we were kind of going into some roadblocks, couldn't really figure anything out. And then we started diving into the employers. We found that there was a big spectrum of companies that had really, really great success. And a lot of companies that had terrible success. And we were trying to figure out why. Why is it that one job was always getting three, four, five times more applicants for the same role that their competition was recruiting for. And it usually never had to do anything with compensation. So that was our first go-to. Oh, they're obviously paying more. That really wasn't the case. So we were trying to figure out, okay, maybe it's name brand recognition. These are bigger companies. People are more familiar with them. They're more likely to apply.
0: Right. What
1: we came down to is one of my employees discovered after we printed out all these different job descriptions and we're analyzing them. The top employers used the first paragraph to talk about the purpose of the business. So no longer was their job description of only about this is the job that you're going to do for me and you're going to do this and you're going to have these qualifications, you're going to have these responsibilities. Instead it was, this is what we're going to accomplish together. And this is the purpose behind it. This is the why behind our business. This is what motivates us every morning to wake up, get to work and do a great job. It was fascinating that those were often the small businesses, the companies that were able to tell their story the clearest got the best applicant flow because they, you think about it, it makes sense, right? That's how us as employees, we emotionally connect with a brand is is through their culture. It's through the purpose and alignment, the, the values that we have in our lives that align with them. And so culture marketing, sorry, this is a long answer, but culture marketing really is that notion of how do we take our core values of our organization, our mission of our business and apply it to every touch point. Whether it's marketing for more customers, more clients, or whether it's even more marketing to generate better talent flow, better applicant flow, because all of those interact one with another.
0: If you work in talent development, you know that your job has become more important than ever. The problem is there's so much uncertainty and noise out in the business world, and things are changing so fast, it's hard to know where to go and what tools and resources to use to solve your problems. That's why I recently launched the Talent Development Think Tank community as a central and safe place to access information, ask questions, and talk with other L&D professionals like you so that you can achieve your goals and accelerate your career. Join today to get instant access to our online platform and community of ambitious, helpful talent development professionals who understand your world and can help you solve your problems. Right now, I'm offering 25% off the subscription price to podcast listeners. Just go to talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and use code HOTSEAT for 25% off. That's talentdevelopmentthinktank.com and use code HOTSEAT. Thanks and on to the episode. So when you look at how companies go out and hire, attract, and hire the best talent, a lot of it has to do with the story you're telling and how it connects with the potential audience. And so I never thought about this, for I haven't worked much in talent acquisition or recruiting, but what you're saying is that the big difference maker was the first paragraph of those requisitions or those ads or whatever they were putting out there to hire people in telling their story versus just talking blandly about the role.
1: Yeah, you wanna increase the development of your people in your business? Start with getting better people that align with your values. And here's the big thing is we started. This was so fascinating to us. We built an entire company around it. I mean, we built Viva HR. The whole point of our software is culture marketing. It's how do we tell your story to better get engagement with candidates? How can we visually tell your company culture story so it connects so quickly and so deeply with the candidate? They don't care about any other job opportunities out there because they're so excited about working for you. So the quickest way to develop your talent is get some alignment, get the right people in the door that from day one, from the moment they read your job description, they say, "Oh, I'm
0: in. That's me." I love that, and you know it's interesting because we do talk a lot about development on this show, and sometimes we talk about you know catering to the different types of learners or what level are they at, and we've had a few discussions on the fact that you know there are hypo players that are hungry for that development, you want to develop them. There are some people in the organization that you're like, "Mm, they're really not a great fit. Maybe we don't want to invest in development. What you're saying is it's so important upfront to get the right people in and they're already going to be more talented, more productive, a better fit, better aligned to the organization, to the culture and the strategy. And then they're more worth the investment in the development versus getting the wrong people in. Because I would imagine there's a big risk or a big cost associated with spending a lot of money or time and developing people who are the wrong fit for your company, right? Oh yeah. What
1: do they say? Five to 10 X your Annual compensation is the true cost of a bad hire. I mean, it's absolutely staggering the numbers of wasted expense when we make the wrong hire. But let me also explain this is we started doing some testing. We started working with, we grabbed a couple of our handful of our clients. and We said, listen, why don't we do this? Let's take a job posting, boring text job ad, and let's layer in some videos and some photos about what it's like to work there. And it's not the executive saying, hey, come work for me. Look how great I am as a manager. Instead, it's their peers. It's people that they're gonna city, be sitting next to every day, telling the candidate why they come to work every day. So we did this, we started testing it. We ran it for about six months. And what we found was staggering. There are no show rates. This was a call center, so. They had a pretty high no-show rate for interviews, like 40%. Their no-show rates dropped almost by 80%, like just shy of 80%. That's incredible. They were like, wow, everyone's showing up for the interview. Why? Well, they already know about our company. They saw the videos. They saw how much fun we have at work. And they came to the interview. They're like, yeah, absolutely. I want to be part of it. So they'd see the video and they get super excited about, hey, I could see myself working there because it was so transparent about what the culture meant to them. Now, not only that, but all of a sudden their attrition rate was cut in half because when they had their first roadblock, we all have a roadblock in our first six weeks of working at a company. We all get frustrated about something, some policies, some, somebody rubbed us the wrong way. It didn't stop them from quitting, right? They were able to continue working. They were overcoming those little roadblocks because they were so empowered by the mission, and the core values of the organization. So it's a great aspect to think about is not only promoting your culture attracts the right people, but it can cut down a lot of those expenses it is your retention of your employees' productivity can get a little bit higher.
0: Yeah, and so it's, it's not even necessarily communicated by the hiring manager or the recruiter, but you said it's a lot about the peers that they would be working alongside, seeing what that culture is like. Yeah, How do they see that Is it in the interview process, you mentioned seeing like a video, were they sending a video out to applicants and saying, you know, hey, here's what it looks like. We're excited to have you come in. Or what were they doing to improve the rate of people showing up? And then, of course, having people so excited when they come in to join that culture. Yeah, it starts with the very
1: first touch point. So when the candidate finds the job posting, they click on the link to apply and it takes them to a landing page. The landing page is embedded with photos and videos all about who the company is, Mm. And gets them all excited about it. And usually they'll set up one to three pieces of automation. So right after the candidate applies, it drops the candidate details into a MailChimp email distribution list and they have a little automation drip where the email sends them an email and says, you know, there's a little video preview of somebody waving saying hello. They click on the video and it's like, oh my gosh, we're so excited you applied. Let me tell you a little bit about my experience working here. And it transforms everything. They automatically feel included. And that, that's a big part of it is inclusion.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. They feel connected. It's that personal connection, you, you know, sending a video, connecting with somebody, showing off what the culture's like, that would definitely get me a lot more excited about coming in. How do you attract those A players in the first place? I know that's one of the big things that you're, you're big on is attracting those A players. And, you know, I can see once you have them in the pipeline, sending those personal emails or whatever, how do you find those great people in the first place? Well, it's
1: it's all about clarity. So you gotta be comfortable with getting a lot less quantity of candidates coming in the door. So my mother, for example, she is ultra quiet, conservative, bookworm kind of gal. She's looking for a job. Everybody's moved out of the house, she's bored, she's looking for work. What is she looking for? She's looking for call center jobs. And the reason she's looking for it is because as a stay-at-home mom at nights she worked at JCPenney Catalog answering phone orders for people buying products out of the magazine. So that's all she knows. So she started jumping in and looking for these, not realizing that when she gets into these call centers, today's call center is full of Frisbees flying over her head and there's Nerf guns and they've got foghorns, <laughs> gongs banging in the window. You know, she's like, what is going on here? I just want to get to my break and read my little novel. So. It's the wrong fit. She's a C player. She's not an A player. But if she had seen the culture preview, she'd seen what it's like to work there, had expectations in alignment, she would have self-eliminated from the pipeline. She would have said, not for me. And she would have w- not wasted anyone else's time and get in that position. She was very qualified. From, from a hard skills standpoint, she was very, very qualified for the position. It had nothing to do with hard skills. And everything to do with culture alignment. And I think when we can present that as transparently as possible and set those expectations from the moment they see your job ad, that's when you can start attracting the better eight players.
0: That makes sense. So putting enough information out there, getting really clear on whom you're trying to attract, and putting enough information out there that you are eliminating the people that don't match that and only attracting the people that do. I mean, it's, I see so many similarities with sales right, as I am building my business and looking for clients, I don't want to have phone calls with everybody. I want to have calls with only clients who really are the type of people that I want to work with and I'm going to have a great conversation with and that I would enjoy working with and not everybody, especially people who are not qualified to be that. And I guess if you are a recruiter or someone you know building a company and and hiring people, the interview process can be so tedious and you don't want to go through all these resumes and all these interviews with people that are not qualified or just wouldn't fit your culture. So you're trying to eliminate a lot of that. That's the exact point right there. How do we get super clear?
1: And so we're attracting the right people and the wrong people. Just, there's no alignment. I mean, the quickest way to drive a players out of your team is to hire a bunch of C players. Mm. A players don't want to surround themselves with C players. So stop attracting them to your interview process.
0: I like that. The quickest way to get a players to leave is to hire surround them a bunch of C players. And then the A players are going to leave because they don't want to be surrounded by C players. They want to be in a, in a great work environment surrounded by a players. Okay. This episode of the Talent Development Hot Seat is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is the first place to call when you need leaders to lead, sellers to sell, and your business to flourish. We specialize in connecting organizations with exceptional learning solutions to help them turn strategy into action and get their people doing the best work of their lives. And we're also proud to be providing tons of great content and inspiration to you and everyone out there during troubled times. You can go to advantageperformance.com to find any of our weekly webinars, insights, white papers, and blogs we've been putting out to help you survive and thrive during challenging times. That website again is advantageperformance.com. And now back to the show. So let's say that you're building your company and you want to get this clarity and you want to attract the right people. Do you have companies go through an exercise or how do they gain that real clear vision of what they want uh, so they can put it out there and attract the right people? How do they gain that clarity? What are some of the things that they can do to make sure they're getting the right information in there to really get people excited and, and get them coming in and applying for jobs?
1: Well, one thing that I learned a while back ago was going through the book Scaling Up with Vern Harnish. One thing that's fascinating to me is is he's all about these job scorecards. And the scorecards really go into three major components. The first section is gonna be about what is it that we can quantitatively measure about the job so we can look in one minute and we can say, are you doing a good job or are you not? I'll keep using the call center. I know probably your audience doesn't do call centers, but if if you're measuring, success is 100 outbound calls a day. You can easily measure and say okay well you're you're doing 78. That's not that's not good. So you're you're always underperforming. So the first thing is you've got to create a scorecard where you can quantitatively measure exactly are they doing what they're supposed to be doing. The second section you're going to talk about really kind of the alignment to the core values are you demonstrating the core values? Is it, are you green? Is in good? Yellow is in eh, not really, and red is in your your distraction. You're causing problems. And then the last one is, is just overall interaction with the peers. How does your team? How are you accepting change? How are you? What do your soft skills look like? Your communication style, your leadership style, your listening skills. And when you all of a sudden start measuring those three things, you realize that becomes your job posting. That's your job description because you're, you can simply say, here's what we're measuring you on. Here's the three quantitative elements. And by the way, here's our core values. They're so important to us that when we do employee evaluations, we measure you on every single one of these. And if our number one core value is integrity first and we catch you in a white lie, you're gone. No questions asked. It's a core value and it's not a hard choice because we already know what our values are. So Holy cow. You've already created the structure. There's no question as to what success looks like. What that does is it allows you to set expectations up front very clearly. But more importantly is you can quickly get rid of the bad employees. So 30, 60, 90 days in, all of a sudden you got a lot of yellows and reds in your employee review. There's no question. And what you find is A players love the structure. They will thrive. When they see a scorecard, they will say, yes, now I know how to perform. Now I know how to exceed expectations because it's right in front of me. The C players will go, oh, yeah, oh, I forgot. That's one of the things that you measure me on. They'll be the ones who kind of carelessly react to the core values. And once you've done enough times, you can see pretty clearly who your A players and C players really are.
0: And what you're doing there, too, is you're being very clear about the expectations for the role. I can't tell you how many times I've heard complaints from people who said, you know, I took this job three months ago, and it's not what I thought it was going to be. It's not what they said it was going to be or what I expected it to be. And I thought I was going to have power or ability to go do X, Y, Z, and I don't actually have that. There's no budget or there's no empowerment for that. And I'm really disappointed I'm looking for something else. Or I thought it was gonna be measured on this and it's actually this other thing. And a lot of it probably comes down to that job description and what's communicated to them in the interview. And was there clarity and alignment with the people hiring that role and making sure that they do what they say they're gonna do? And so the importance on the other side, obviously with a company, if they're going to put those things in there, it's so important for them to back that up and then use those scorecards, right? As they are running that company and that role to make sure that, they're doing what they say they're going to do and they're backing up those expectations.
1: Oh, we've always heard that you know, great employees never quit their jobs, they quit their bosses. Mm-hmm. And so it makes the middle-level management accountable to being good bosses as well. It makes them have a clarity because a lot of times your middle-level managers are just, they're not going to be the best at communicating what's important back to the employee. And so it creates a mutual understanding of what success really looks like.
0: Mm, yeah, makes sense. And alignment is something I talk a lot about, alignment to strategy, alignment to culture, and getting people aligned. And part of it starts with alignment to your role and what you need to be doing and being aligned with your boss. So many problems happen when there's miscommunication and missed expectations. I mean almost all disappointment and anger and frustration and conflicts come from missed expectations, right, where you expected one thing, whether from your spouse or your boss or your coworkers or whatever, and something else was done, something else was delivered. So it's so important to set those expectations and then follow through on that. You mentioned the risk in the first 90 days or so of people coming in and, and getting frustrated and leaving or whatever, and that in this cost center, the, the attrition was considerably lowered uh, because of the culture. So one of the most important things, obviously, is to do the things you said you're going to do and, and follow the scorecard. What else do you see companies doing to keep that going? You know, they get excited about the culture coming in to make sure that's reinforced and they stay excited about the company on the role.
1: Yeah. You know, there's a couple different things. Uh, there's a company based out of Seattle that's called Think Parallax. They, are a software engineering firm. If you know anything about Seattle and software, it's extremely competitive. Mm extremely competitive to attract really great people but one thing that they did is they started creating a paid paid vacation your first week of employment that doesn't make any sense
0: yeah that's crazy I never heard of that so
1: they're paying you your time your salary and they're also giving you a little bit of a budget to go on vacation and what you're supposed to do is go do good in the world so your first week of employment you're traveling somewhere you're going to Australia you're going to Africa you're doing something and you're volunteering, you're, you're getting involved with the world, you're doing good, and you're documenting it on social media. You're using hashtags around the company. Now, what's happening is two things. The first thing is, is all the employees inside the company are guessing where the new employee is located. And they get a prize. They get to figure out where this new employee is. Well, what you're doing is you're actually getting to know the employee you're watching their social media feed, you're engaging with them. And when they step into the office, you're like, Oh my gosh, those pictures were incredible. How much fun was that? Now you've got a connection. Now you've got a best friend. You feel emotionally vested in that person. You've got something to talk about. Secondly is guess what? That a player, all their friends just saw your pictures and they're saying, Whoa, where where did you just go? And now that 30% commission to recruiters is out the window. I'm no longer having to fork out 40, 50 grand in commissions to a recruiter Mm -hmm. because I've got a pipeline of talent coming in. And all I had to spend was a few thousand dollars on a paid, paid vacation.
0: Wow. I've never heard of that. I love that idea. And I'm just getting excited thinking about it. Like if I was applying for a job and they were like, oh, by the way, if you get this, uh, we're sending you to either Australia or Costa Rica or some awesome destination for a week expenses paid. We just want you to document everything on social media, which I would have no problem with. And then you're putting it out there. And, and I can imagine, you know, if I see my friends posting that stuff, I'm like, where does he work now? I want to go work there too and apply for a job. Absolutely. That's so cool. Yeah, it's brilliant. I love it. Yeah, that's really cool. And, and creative, right? You know, companies need to get creative, especially you mentioned being in a competitive environment. Are there any related to talent acquisition or talent uh, development, you know, people development, culture, any other big trends that you are following or seeing out there that are impacting, you know, the way people work or where things are going from a you know, culture or workplace standpoint?
1: Well, I can tell you what a lot of companies are doing poorly. Okay. And I think what they're doing really, really bad. There is so much now that is so transparent that is talking about what do job seekers care about? And so often they don't use it as part of their recruiting strategy. They don't use it as part of their marketing and storytelling. And if you look at it and you go through, I'll have to get you the link, the the exact survey, I believe it was Gallup that looked at these, these trends by job seekers and what they really care about most. The top 13 have nothing to do with compensation. They're about leadership development. They're about mentorship. They're about flexible workspace, transparency with their peers. Like all of a sudden you start seeing all these things. It's not just about, are we trying to pay enough money for this position or not? And so I think there's a lot of people that are doing things poorly because they're not listening. They're not seeing what really matters to their audience. Now, if you're an executive listening to this, think about how reverse that is because a lot of you spend so much time trying to listen to your customers and spending so much time testing and AD doing this and that to try and do customer acquisition, we miss the importance of doing the exact same thing for talent acquisition. And if we did that and we attracted better people and A players performed three to one better than a C player, there's your game changer right there. You just gotta be able to listen to what the people are telling you.
0: Oh, totally. It's so important, and you know something I've talked before about on this podcast is the uh, the importance of employee experience, And so many companies are talking about customer experience and how do we treat our customers. But what about how to treat your employees? Because if you are giving your employees a really great experience, you're attracting the a players who want to work in a culture like that and have that experience, then they're going to be more productive, like you said, three to one, they're going to get more done, they're going to bring in more revenue, and they're going to treat your customers better. And they're going to create that better customer experience without even needing to do that much training around it because you've got the best people doing the right thing. So that's, uh, yeah, the interesting pitfall that a lot of companies I can see falling into. And they're really missing, it sounds like you're saying a lot of companies are missing an opportunity because they have stories to tell about what they're doing and they're not putting that out there to really attract the best talent.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's it 100%. But, you know, I was on a, I'm mean, going to steal a line from a friend of mine. I was sitting on a panel discussion just recently about talent engagement in the workplace. And he's from Zip Recruiter. He's a leadership position over there. And he said, the biggest question we ask ourselves is, does every employee have a best friend? And that simple question to ask yourself is so powerful if you think about it. Because if you got a great employee that came in, and they're, they're working, they're grinding six weeks into the job, three months into the job, and they don't feel like they have a friend yet, the second a recruiter calls them and says, hey, listen, I got another opportunity for you. Are you willing to listen? They're going to say yes. And so one of the quickest ways to get engagement is just, what are we doing to create friendship? And it sounds so nominal, so easy, but we miss it.
0: Interesting. So one of the drivers of people of attrition or people just being willing to take that call from the recruiter is that they don't have any real relationships or friends at work. And so the more a company can do to foster those relationships, which is part of the culture, right? But help people feel like they have friends at the office, which they look forward to coming into work, right? Versus dreading it, then they're more likely to stay and less likely to take those calls. That's exactly it. So interesting. All right. Well, we have to start wrapping this up, Ryan. We talked about trends. Are there any other uh, books or resources besides your own that you recommend on this topic to help people, you know, companies recruit better to find culture or that it just have made a big impact on you?
1: You know, the, the book I mentioned earlier, Scaling Up, I think is phenomenal. It just does a good way of, of really focusing on there's three chapters dedicated to the people side of business And it just, it puts it in a language that is such a rudimentary, that makes sense. You've got to do X, Y, Z and follow those steps and it can really transform the people side of business.
0: Awesome. I'll check that out. All right. And if anybody wants to get in touch with you, find out more about your business and things that you do, what is the best place for them to go to do that?
1: Well, feel free to just uh, get on the old Google, throw in Viva HR. My name is Ryan Naylor. Happy to connect anywhere we can, whether it's Instagram or LinkedIn, any of the top places to connect, happy
0: to check out. Awesome. Yeah, the old Google machine will uh, almost never steer you wrong. Uh, so look up Viva HR and uh, follow Ryan on Instagram. I hear you're very active on Facebook as well. And I'm going to connect with you in those places and uh, post a story of us on Instagram after we finish this. You awesome. There you go. Okay. Well, Ryan, this has been very interesting, informative. I had never thought about this idea of culture marketing and just the idea of the importance of people having a friend at work. Fascinating. So thank you so much for taking time to come on and share your experience and wisdom with us on the Talent Development Hot Seat. My pleasure. Thank you. All right, take care. If you're looking for a place to connect with colleagues and peers from your industry and find out what other people in talent development are working on, you need to check out the brand new Talent Development Think Tank membership community. your subscription. That's tdtt.us slash community and use code HotSeat for a limited time for 25% off your subscription. If you have any questions, reach out to me and let me know and we'll see you there. Thanks for listening to the talent development hot seat. If you got value out of this show, please subscribe, leave a review and share with your colleagues and friends. We want to spread the word and add as much value to the talent development community as possible. And we need your help. As always, you can find more information and connect with me at talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Take care.